0: Hey, everybody, uh, welcome back to Liberation Bible Study. We're back to our regular format. Um, in this podcast, in this conversation, this is the place where we reconnect to the deep roots of resistance and liberation that biblical texts offer. I'm your host, Alex Patchen McNeil, and in this Bible Study, we feature conversation partners who bring an intersection of identities as LGBTQIA folks, as people of color, as activists, theologians, and pastors. Today, we're going to continue our interactive conversation for those tuning in on Facebook. Hello, it's great to have you with us. But wherever you are and whenever you hear or watch this conversation, I hope that it can offer you a moment of respite and reconnection and space of spiritual nourishment to fuel your well of resilience. Today, I am thrilled to have Reverend Jess Cook with me to read Acts uh, chapter 19, verses 1 through 7, through the theme of baptism. Jess, welcome. Our
1: our tech guru, more light, you know, superstar. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited. I'm super pumped. And before we
0: dive in, we'll just take a brief moment to introduce ourselves a little bit more in depth with our name, our pronouns, work, and some identities that we uh, bring with us whenever we encounter our biblical texts. So Jess, I will invite you to uh, go first. Excellent.
1: Um, So as you said, I'm uh, the Reverend Jess Cook, and my pronouns are they, them, and I am the program and communications manager for more light Presbyterians. So you're a coworker. Um, And um, I am uh, currently located in in Richmond, Virginia, which is also the occupied land um, of the Powhatan people. Um, And uh, I am a white uh, Texan by birth, uh, parent, um, non-binary, queer, pastor in the Presbyterian church. Um, Yeah. And I think those things will all come into play in various ways, but those are, I am a seminary educated, a highly educated uh, (laughs) in random topics. Yeah. yeah. And I also, I think for this conversation in particular today, I also uh, get very excited about talking about the sacraments. So as you know, um, so I'm super excited about baptism lord sunday and i'm excited to have this conversation today
0: yes i couldn't have chosen a more enthusiastic baptism aficionado than (laughs) the one jess (laughs) cook um well i'm i'm really glad to be back in conversation with you and you all know i'm alex patrick mcneil my pronouns are he and him and um uh live in Asheville, North Carolina, on uh, occupied land of the Cherokee. And I'm um, a white transgender man, identify as queer, um, a pastor ordained in the Presbyterian church as of our 2019, our big year um, for both of us. And um, I'm grateful to serve as executive director at More Light. So that said, Let's not delay our baptism conversation any longer. <laughs> um, so the way we do liberation Bible study is to uh, read the text through three different times and ask a different question each time as we go to direct our, our conversation. And the first question is truly, what do you notice when we read this passage? For some, it might be a familiar one. For some, it's a new one. And we want to know what stands out um, to ourselves and then to those watching, feel free to add your own response. So, Jess, if you'd be willing to
1: read it through for the first time for us, that'd be awesome. Absolutely, thank you. Um, it's funny being on this side. Also, I'll say that for folks who are watching, um, I'll be chatting. I'm I'm used to having these conversations um, really just by listening. So it's funny being on the other side. So if I if I keep going back and forth, it's because we're chatting with folks on on Facebook. So feel free to add comments and and we will um, try to reply. But also. Not that I'm not interested. Oh, and Peppa and Leanne are here. So oh, hi. It's a two for Peppa. one
0: special day. Uh, Jess
1: is uh, <laughs> having to do both sides. Doubling up on both. Um, okay, let's go ahead and read from um, the book of Acts, chapter 19, verses 1 to 7. And I will be reading from the Common English Bible. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took a route through the interior and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you came to believe? They replied, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, what baptism did you receive then? They answered, John's baptism. Paul explained, John baptized with a baptism by which people showed they were changing their hearts and lives. It was a baptism that told people about the one who was coming after him. This is the one in whom they were to believe. This one is Jesus. After they listened to Paul, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in other languages and prophesying. Altogether, there were about 12 people. This is the word of God. You got mm.
0: and In reading it through the first time out loud to us, Jess, I'm curious what you noticed or stood out to you.
1: Yeah. So I think, um, I think there's this, this part that in thinking about, um, you know, so as Presbyterians, we get baptized once, and that's a pretty a pretty big, a pretty big um, point. And so I think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the second baptism in a way and thinking about like, you know, um, you know, we, as we kind of chatted earlier today, before we were on, we were talking about how in acts and luke there's the same parallel like in acts they go through basically the exact same thing that happened in um in luke Mm -hmm. um but now it's for the disciples where before it was it was jesus going through so john is baptizing and then jesus comes in and um and so i think I'm, i'm caught with the um that second baptism. Like, I think, I think I'm also leaning into the second in terms of I'm thinking about the Holy spirit and I'm thinking about what does baptism mean Um, or what does it do in a way that I think, um, I think I'm just kind of pondering that. Um, Yeah. What about you?
0: It's really interesting. I hadn't, you know, it's so funny. All these texts that we read over and over again, the story of John the Baptist and then the story of Jesus's baptism specifically. I, I chose the Acts text because it was one I was actually a little less familiar with, to be honest, and wanted to it kind of felt a spark there for preaching this weekend. And, um, but I don't know if I would have remembered that, that John was baptizing people, that there was a baptism before the one that we know in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think it's really interesting that the, in the way the Common English Bible puts it, that um, John baptized with a baptism by which people showed they were changing their hearts and lives. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a marker of change in that uh, kind of a personal conviction and, and change in that moment. And then the later one is around a reception of the Holy Spirit coming into your life. And as you were talking about the two baptisms, I was really thinking about how many times we get asked for liturgy or rituals to help particularly trans folks or people coming out to recognize a new identity, a new way of being in the world and why something like baptism feels like the right ritual for, for that moment. Um, right. And, you know, in our Presbyterian world, we don't get baptized more than once. And many of right, us, yeah. if you were Presbyterian at birth, myself mm-hmm. <laughs> being one of those folks, was baptized before I ever, I don't have any memories. I've, I've been told mm-hmm. what it was like that I pulled on the pastor's beard the day I was baptized and he walked me up and down the sanctuary. I was very, uh, I was very enamored with what was going on, <laughs> very yeah. up close. Um But something like a a baptism ritual as this kind of recommitting, cleansing moment, I think it's something that most of us identify with baptism. Kind of told. and then here we have this this idea of like
1: also the Holy Spirit's involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I think so. I think that's what I'm. I'm sort of. I'm sort of. I I think. I realize I'm showing or or realizing also my own ignorance um, of the depth of baptism as a as a Jewish. Write or practice. Um, I, I realizing my and and how. So I think I'm realizing my lack of lack of knowledge in that capacity, um, I, and I'm, I'm recognizing recognizing that in a big way right now and so I think I think I just want to name that like the historical context that that yeah. um, I don't want to begin to speak to if I don't <laughs> I I'm just going to sound like a like an idiot and and cause disservice to a whole lot of conversations that need more time and energy so I think I just want to name that recognition that even just thinking about how how we understand baptism as as Christians um, and then even more specifically as Presbyterians in a way that like Let's just hold that context, um, because I think, like, um, I think it's 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 nudging against, like, so one of the things I love most, and the reason I think that I love sacrament so much, that I I, I love talking about communion, I love talking about baptism, like on a, on a very very fundamental level, um, I really um, I am forgetful. And like I forget all the time um my worthiness and my belovedness in a way, right? And so um so grace, I love this, this, this idea that with baptism as as Presbyterians, that that there is this love that is so abundantly given to us that it's there even when we don't have the capacity to recognize it. Like, and that that's really powerful. Um, but I think even more like just the 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 memory of it as it is replayed, you know, so we talk about water and I, I'll talk about water a lot of times and thinking about how that memory of accessing water, interacting water with water, as it reminds me of my baptism, that is the thing that I think for me changes my heart and life in a way, right? Like it's the memory of the baptism um, or that's how I think of it, right? So, and whether that's, and I think that what the, the Holy Spirit does is that it's like, well, cred, like I think I forget sometimes that that divinity that is within each of us and that spark of the spirit. And I, um, so I think, I think I'm just ho- I'm trying to, the spirit is so there and I know that, but I think there's something powerful happening for me in, th- in thinking about that. Um,
0: yeah. 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 I, I, I admitted to Jess earlier that I was like, I don't know if I remembered <laughs> the Holy Spirit part of baptism either. I mean, I'm an educated person, but boy, (laughs) I'm forgetful about my theological finer points. Although as I was reading, I remember a song that my church used to sing at every baptism that had a line that said, baptized in water, sealed by the spirit. Mm -hmm. And um, as a little reminder there, but I do think we focus a lot, we as Christians focus a lot on the forgiveness, the grace aspect of Mm -hmm. baptism um which is really important and and obviously um, I, I think a very like fundamental part of our faith, but the idea that it also brings us into a an opportunity to to have the spirit be in a part of our lives and um, enable us to also be evangelists or pro- prophets. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, and I think the thing that comes up for me is, is I realize I make the assumption that I, I don't actually think I don't believe baptism has anything to do with salvation you know in in terms of like I think it, it I think it's there's these narratives that um, I mean I guess like with any theology it's helpful to to put it in its context because it makes a lot more sense when you can see what it was responding to or forming from but um, but I kind of I the way I, I realize like I think the spirit is present in all of us anyway So, so I think the thing is like when I'm, I'm, and this could, I realize, get into our second reading around like what's troubling me or, or what's unsettling in a way, because it's like, I'm not sure. Because I think like, I don't like if the, is it the Holy spirit that um, like, does she, like, does she, like if she's always present within us, what happens at baptism? Like, I don't know that I've thought about, I think maybe I've, I've sort of missed the, the metaphysical sort of something that can happen at baptism mm-hmm. or communion. But I don't, does that make sense? Like, I'm not sure I'm articulating well enough, but like, it's like, well, isn't the spirit always there? And we do these acts and they're, but- I, well, well, I was really, I, I, maybe this'll, this'll
0: add to, but I was really struck by the line and I continue to be struck by it is um, in verse two where the disciples replied to Paul, um, We've not
1: even heard there is a Holy Spirit. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And they're already doing ministry. They're doing all of that thing anyway. Right? That's like,
0: yeah. Right. And then it reminded me of times when, like, you think you've had the real thing, but you haven't actually experienced it. Like, I can have an imitation of something and then experience the real thing and be like, Oh no, that was it. And I even think grace and forgiveness in the human realm is something akin to that too. Like, Oh, you thought, you thought you'd been forgiven for something you thought was bad. And then you really were forgiven for something that was pretty not great. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like that? Yeah. That all
1: encompassing grace. um, Yeah. And sometimes like, um, yeah, so I've been, um, so this is an, a, a self sort of harming thing, not intentionally, but um, but I've been whittling, right? And I and, and at times if I'm sitting with, with my partner and I, in the evenings we'll sit together and um, sit outside and sort of I'll whittle. She'll, she does tarot cards. It's really lovely. But I cut myself sometimes and I'll go, oh. And, and she realized, and I said at one point, I said, um, I had sort of yelled or hollered about something else like, oh, crap, something had happened. And I realized that I actually respond a lot less when things are um, greater harm, right? So it's like, I've said, I I bury the lead in whatever way, right? (laughs) I know, we've talked about this. Um, But I think in a similar way in terms of grace, like thinking about how there are times when if I have done something hurtful to someone else and it's a little thing, right? If they get frustrated or call me out on it, I can way overreact in whatever way. Or if somebody has harmed me, in Mm -hmm. a little way. Right. Even like cut me off in traffic or whatever. But sometimes those greater, those greater offenses are so hard to like, even like engage with. I mean, I think it's like Mm -hmm. thinking about where we are right now in the world. Like um, I think, especially as a white person who grew up within my own lived experience and all of those intersections, thinking about like, like having conversations with other white folks who seem almost it's like at times it's like there's this willful ignorance about systemic racism about you know and it's like there's this repeated forget the past ignore the past but it's like it's like we don't how do we actually have the capacity to recognize the amount of harm right that like that we in our bones have caused in a way. Right. And if we can't get through to the grace, like if we can't actually name that and recognize it, then we're going to, we continue to be sort of buried by it in a way that, and I think that comes in also here in that I think like thinking about the spirit as giving us that capacity to even go deeper because it's like, that's where, because I don't think there is a way to actually do that without something divine, you know? Um, that could have been a ramble, but just thinking no, about, think, the, I'm, I'm the thinking about it
0: because, um, yeah, I, I think particularly in moments when some of the hardest conversations I've had with folks, partners, family around a specific, like I'm talking, you know, harm or 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 recognizing not even active intentional harm, but like you know, misplaced whatever communication yeah. when when the Spirit shows up to to help us move through that difficult place um, to get to the other side um, or a new side. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that too is, again, yeah, you need both the grace and the Holy Spirit. And I also hear the Holy Spirit in this text as it's that it's a, it, I think there's a a really like foundational, of christianity is like you receive and then you do like you're not just Mm -hmm. forgiven for the sake of feeling good about yourself right but then what are you going to do about it and i think the holy spirit compels us to do something which i think also works in a in a more systemic way like what you're talking about like how do you grapple as a white person with the like greatest harm that your ancestors that you perpetuate um um in your very being and then the Holy Spirit intervenes to help you do something about it, to move, move from that place of like, you could be in the fetal position for the rest of your life.
1: Right. Well, because she, she pivots toward the freedom in a way. Right. Because I think the, how to do that, like, how do you, it's like recognizing that whatever it was, that all of the things that put into place these systems are actually prohibiting me from living in freedom as well. So it's not just to say it's a personal sort of thing, but to realize that like, on the other side of the process, um, or even I would say through the process, moving through the process of recognizing um, um, culpability, right? Recogn- but I think also recognizing the ways in which these systems haven't served me either, right? I mean, in that way. So it's not, yeah, and then that's a, that's a whole nuanced conversation of like, what is it that creates a, a scenario where we lack as little empathy as we do these days, you know? And um, And so I think the spirit is actually like, like that presence, um, it, sh- it draws us forward into into our own individual and collective freedom, right? Into our individual, and, and those have to come together because we can't experience one without the other. So it's like, even like that, the the I think the, the part about baptism in terms of like changing people's hearts and lives is really powerful. And then there's a communal because the spirit is also shared. Right. So then there's that like internal sort of change because also baptism is huge because you're actually being brought into a community. You are being like, you have people who actually make vows that say they're going to like nurture people into community. And when we were, when we were ordained, we didn't make vows like, right. We, we, we answered questions, but like, it's a big, they are vows that we make to say Mm -hmm. that we are going to, we're going to like uphold the, this relationship in a way. So I think there's that part of it too. And that our baptism is, it is an individual experience, but it can't, it can't be experienced alone, which right. I think is also really, which important.
0: I love. Even in the texts, the biblical texts here, like there's 12 people in this conference, in, in the Acts text, yes. there's there's more folks in the um, the Luke text. It's it's already communal by by nature. Um, yeah, you're not really baptized alone, even if Jesus was ba- like the story of Jesus's baptism is he was kind of the spotlight on his baptism. Um, but he, there are people watching and, and seeing the Holy Spirit in that moment. Um,
1: yeah. yeah, right, yeah.
0: Okay, I think it may be time to move to our second reading. Yes. <laughs> Otherwise we could stay on this question for a long time. Um, yes. And uh, in the second reading, we really want to listen for how does this text call us to resistance? Where is the Holy Spirit moving in us towards resistance? And I offer a nuance on resistance, it's both resistance in terms of empire and status quo and viva la resistance and resistance in terms of if, if there is a place within us that is resistant, um, that has a, ooh, I don't know about that. That is an equally valid place to explore because generally the Holy Spirit has something waiting for us there. So I am happy to read it through the second time I and, um, I'm also going to read from the common English Bible version. Um, So let us listen to Acts 19 verses one through seven. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took a route through the interior and came to Ephesus where he found some disciples. He asked them, did you receive the Holy spirit when you came to believe they replied? We have not even heard that there is a Holy spirit. Then he said, What baptism did you receive then? They answered, John's baptism. Paul explained, John baptized with a baptism by which people showed they were changing their hearts and lives. It was a baptism that told people about the one who was coming after him. This is the one in whom they were to believe. This one is Jesus. After they listened to Paul, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in other languages and prophesying. Altogether, there were about twelve people. This is the word of God.
1: Thanks being God. So what right. about resistance? Yeah, resistance. i think there's a part of me that i'm realizing that i've been giving humanity a little too little credit Mm. go on um well i mean you know i i one of the things i love about reformed theology is that um is that the most certain thing that you can sort of um, rely on humans to do? Is is to mess up. <laughs> and um, so I, there are times when that then invites me to see when people act in in ways that um, that sort of um, defy a sort of selfishness in a way, right? That there is there is this um, presence of, of of the holy in that, which also then allows a lot of things to be viewed as and seen as holy, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but even just thinking about like, um, that, that, you know, they had this baptism, which wasn't a Holy spirit baptism. Like I'm struggling with that, you know, but they, Mm -hmm. they had been, they had been preaching, they had been carrying and, and assuming, assumingly carrying a a, a good word with that. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, um, And I think I think it's the part of me that doesn't want this text to be caught up in the idea that baptism is in that certain kinds of baptism are not are not valid in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's that. I think there's that part of me that like I'm I'm struggling there because Paul never says that, right? And also, I think it's but it's interesting to me that Paul makes such a big thing about um, circumcision later, where it's like, no, you do not have to do this. This is not like, if this is not part of your language, then it's actually really problematic because you're just doing the things for the sake of doing them, which is empty. Mm. And here it's like, no, this is a thing that is important that you do. But, but then I'm thinking like, I don't like, yeah, I think I'm just, I'm struggling with that. Um, yeah. And I, um, I also recognize that it's an invitation to sort of Like this is also a memory of what happened at Pentecost and it's like bringing them into that. And there's this way of how this includes, but I don't know. I think I'm just, I think I'm just trying to sit with that, like discomfort around. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I was,
0: I was a little challenged in the resistance kind of way around what baptism did you receive then? Mm -hmm. Um. I think it's written in a neutral way, but fast forward to, you know, 2000 additional years of church history and the question of um, are you actually following the true Christianity um, is a loaded one.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think, you know, in doing a little prep for my sermon on um, Sunday was really looking at, you know, one of the one of the themes between Luke and Acts is this idea that there is a one true Christianity. Like there is a one way. There is a, um, like a trying to distinguish between other variants of Mm -hmm. Christianity and how much, you know, even from its earliest days, Christians were in disagreement about what baptism meant, what Christ's resurrection meant. Like this has not been a settled thing. And so the idea that there are there's followers of, of uh, John the Baptist who were baptized by him or in that tradition, coexisting alongside people who've now been followers of Jesus as Messiah and, and here like this sort of, um, this story, I mean, of Paul is really about explaining the true baptism and what baptism, kind of bringing the two kinds of baptism together, this earlier strain around water and repentance And then bringing in this element that like you were saying like brings you into the kind of wider christian community and and the holy spirit element um and but i think that there's something that i wrestle with around that sort of like who baptized you like what school did you go to (laughs) what are are you true enough in my version of what
1: true yeah means well, yeah, so I did my undergrad at Baylor, and a um, sort of joke about my evangelical period, which a lot of people don't have in college, but I did, um, and um, considered for a while getting rebaptized, baptized um, and uh, because I, I, I can remember also going home to my Presbyterian church where I'd been um, raised, and... Um, kind of feeling smug in a way, honestly, like that, that it was like, are they really Christians? Mm -hmm. But it was, and it was actually around baptism later and thinking about grace and understanding of grace, because I think for so long, I kept trying to like make sure that I, it's almost like it can become compulsive of right. Well, I'm going to get, I'm going to get baptized again or again, Mm -hmm. you know, in a way. And it's like, that's not actually, um, that's not actually the intent of that, you know, and it's not, it's not. And I think even more, there's this idea with that, that like I can somehow do something to get back into God's good graces in a way that like, I think my understanding of God now is so completely different in that right. like, you no, know, God only knows how to love. And that doesn't mean that that God doesn't have a nuanced personality in whatever way. But I think God, as we think of God, is like sort of this drawing together in a way. And so, um and, and, yeah. But I think there is like, I think there's that smugness. And so when you say like, I think about that, right. You know, like the glass is kind of down. It's like, but really how? And it's like, Oh no, I, yeah. Cause I used to feel that way in a way. Right. But it was also exhausting in a yeah. way. Like, it was like, just, gen- just then I was so focused on behavior. And so, you know, every night it's like, have I covered all my sins for the day, which is mm-hmm. like, that's such a mind um, trip in a way, because yeah. it's like, what, you know, there's just, just, it's just always sort of fear, in a yeah. way. And so I think there's something about this that like, that like the, the the I appreciate that the actions they're already doing all of the things. Right. And that, that, that being part of being a disciple is not about like, there's not a change of behavior, which I think is really interesting. Um, But there is just the, like the, the, the imbuing of the spirit. It's almost like, I mean, even just thinking about how in John or in Luke rather, when, you know, John is real clear, I'm baptizing you here, but Jesus is coming here. So there's also this like fulfillment in a way that was started with Jesus' baptism in a way that now is like, okay, fulfilled like that, where in Luke, the baptism happens just before the wilderness and then Jesus' ministries gets going. And in the same way, here we are with the like, people who had been like the disciples then now they're doing the same thing it's right. like just like this was the start of his ministry even though it wasn't the start of his life because also in Luke he's a kid in the you know, so it's like there's all this life before like Jesus was also doing ministry before he was baptized right so in the same way like here there's this marking in a way that like he um the disciples have that same experience which I think is it could even be just there's that that parallel that was a necessary closure and sending in a way. Yeah, that's interesting. What I noticed about that too, and maybe this can help move
0: me through the, what baptism did you receive then smugness Mm -hmm. question? Is there's also this evolution, and this is something we really believe at More Lights, kind of part of our founding, our founding understanding of ourselves is the Holy Spirit deepens our understanding of what God's true call is to us. Yeah. And earlier in this Acts texts, Apollos um, had been preaching and eventually gets kind of schooled by Priscilla and Aquila, I believe. Mm -hmm. And and they're like, listen, let me tell you a little more about this Jesus guy. Um, And so his his understanding evolves. Paul himself, his whole understanding of what Christianity is all about has evolved thanks to the intervention of God Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit. Um, And so Here they are coming to say, you know, here Paul is coming to say, like, actually, the Holy Spirit can help deepen your faith, deepen your understanding of God. And rather than treating it as like a a boundary marker around, are you true, bro? Do you even believe, bro, (laughs) or not? It's more like, guess what? Like, adding this, adding this, understanding the Holy Spirit just brings it brings it all together. It it brings your faith together. It'll, it'll deepen your relationship
1: with, with your vocation. Right, um,
0: right.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So it is, it is almost like a turning of the head in a way, right. Of ours, right. It is a, um. um oh, well, like a compass right? mm. or, or, or a guide in a way. Um. But so it's not, is it, it's not, it's us and our, it's us that changes in our perception and understanding kind of like, um, in, um, was it in, 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 Mark two, with the story of Jesus and the, the paralytic, um, and who's on the mat and his friends carry him up the, and put him through the roof and lower him down. And Jesus says like, you're good. You know, he's like, but I think that's the one where he's like, I don't, I think that's the one, but he's basically, he's like, your sins are forgiven. And then he's like, okay, but then he heals him. And mm-hmm. so it's like, this healing is like, okay, we'll do this just so you know, but like, that doesn't actually matter, right. which I think is, is, also echoes what Paul says at different points and his understanding of how our social location doesn't actually determine like, okay, wherever you are, where you are, like that stuff doesn't matter. Like what matters is, is, is God in a way. And he, he doesn't over minimalize. I mean, he doesn't oversimplify it like that, but, um, but it's like, it's like that um, it's like our perception changes or our awareness of something changes again, like thinking about water, like I mentioned earlier, like how much does my understanding of water change? if I think about it in yeah. in a way that is um, a, a reminder and invitation to, to remember my belovedness, you know, but also then after a while, how much differently do I think about myself if I forget, like I was in a, a meeting the other day with a group of people and I was gonna tell them that like I'm learning to love time by myself because we were just talking about solitude and how I was talking about how it's been nice to, I was grateful to have worked at More Light for a couple of years before quarantine, but even just to love, time myself. And I, I had a Freudian slip and I said, you know, I really love myself. And I was like, (laughs) like, well, that just slipped out. But I think that there's something about that process where like over and over again, like the messages that we say are going to be the ones that stick. And I think that there's something about like, um, I mean, I think I was probably more surprised than pretty much anybody who would know me that like, it was like, well, that just came out without even thinking like, um, but, but I think that I, I think that those things are connected. Right. Because if I tell myself often enough that I'm worthy of love, then at some point I'm, I'm stubborn. Right. But like, at some point, even that, you know, message um, has a way of sticking, sticking. Um, and I think that is a, I think that is um, the Holy spirit in a lot of ways. I mean, I think it's like, it's a reminder. Um, to just remember that I'm, I'm, worthy of 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 um being loved you know um yeah Yeah. which
0: to me is a practice of resistance in and of itself right yeah a resistance to the devaluing of human lives particularly marginalized bodies the and um resistance to messages of shame and um you know what you were talking about your evangelical period of like it was so focused on your sins and what was wrong and so little around okay but what about being beloved (laughs) what about being you know forgiven how do we move from that place yeah which is tough i think it's i think it's easy this is something i was talking about around the election uh it's easy to accept messages of what victory to some defeat to others. If you don't believe in the like goodness of, and, and value of those who, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, if I don't, if I don't value this movement, this life, this organizing, if I didn't see it for myself or, and believe in its power, I might be more inclined to accept a false statement of victory. Yeah. 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 Whatever where from whomever that comes yeah. that that I'm willing to believe I'm in the wrong. I'm I am wrong. Right. If I do not have a fundamental belief in mind others' worthiness and belovedness. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, it's there's this um. Thomas Merton quote at the beginning of no man is an island where he says something and I'm going to butcher it, but it's something to the effect of like one of the great moral diseases. Um, I think he says we have in our society is, um, or comes from, um, huddling in the shadows of other people's wrong answers to questions we're afraid to ask. And I think about that. I think about how, how, even how much, um, you know, what we see, um, I mean, even just in the debate, when we're talking about, um, you know, something like even just saying black lives matter in a way, right. Where it's like, why, why, when I, when I hear a response to that, that is like, no, or wants to push back on that in a way it's like, what is the narrative for you in your head? Right. That is, that is lead, that is leading you to believe that, um, to, to miss the, 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 fundamental life here in, right. way, you know, and I think, and I think anytime, and we may do that. Right. But anytime if I'm tempted to, to two dimensionalize somebody, you know, um, in, in a way that, that, that I don't see their humanity, right. Then that's actually, that is a moral disease on me. And it's that, we, I think, our, I think, and I think that why remembering our baptism, I think that that in that way it is that connection of the spirit which allows us to go deeper and to actually ask the question, mm-hmm. um, whatever that may be, but to actually dig into um, a deeper understanding of of um, of who we are. Because I think as we get in there, it gets easier. I mean, I know for me, I don't know if this is the case for you, but I know. I know for me, like I would not have been able to do the job that I do every day 10 years ago because I was not in a place then even within myself. You know, I mean, I think like, I think there were so many times in my life when I was terrified at at the idea that somebody would find out that I was queer, Mm -hmm. um, even without a definition of what that may mean. And I know for me, it's, um, I think it's a heck of a lot easier now to do the work that we do when we hear from people who say some really hurtful things at times in ways that I think it's easier to sort of like recognize that if I remember that both I am beloved and so were they. Um, you know, and I think it's also because of having experienced those things that were so difficult that I'm actually, I think it makes us better able to do the job in a way. Yeah. But um, I don't know, I think about like, I don't know. Um, yeah,
0: cause I went, I really, something that I that um, is coming up for me too around this is this is not about being hard headed or standing in the place of i am absolutely right there's nothing you can do to sway me and there are some things in which i have deep convictions and i believe that i'm on pretty pretty right side of of those mm-hmm. things but i think there's there's this evolution like an evolving sense of worthiness, an evolving sense of worthiness of human life, of uh, the sins of white supremacy, for example. Like that once, once you've evolved to a place, it's like, yeah, I can't really walk that back. Um, right. And yet I think it is the Holy Spirit that allows us to keep evolving. That mm-hmm. I, especially in the LGBT work that we do We've talked to many people who have family members who they believe are hard-hearted about their belovedness and humanity. And that feels very true in that moment, and it might be true for a long time. But I've also seen how relationships and the Holy Spirit can soften and evolve people's understanding and relationship with their family member to the point where at some point it might be like I can't even remember the time they were that hard like it feels yeah. like such a lifetime ago. um yeah. so I think there's something around resistance and then I want to move to the third reading yeah but I think the courage to resist comes from a place where you believe in just the like the wondrous acts the Holy Spirit can perform I couldn't yeah stand in a church basement or on a church Zoom and talk about trans issues, LGBT issues or other justice issues without feeling hopeful that some way or some way the Holy Spirit can come through, not just me, but through the room and, and others who are hearing of it um, to resist whatever notions of scarcity or
1: sinfulness or um,
0: lack that have permeated before.
1: Yeah. 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 And I, yeah, yeah. And I think the thing I, um, and I think this goes into actually the third reading and I'm saying, um, this is what's fun about listening to this every week is that I have, um, I didn't realize I had quite as clear an understanding of the flow of the conversation, but, um, but thinking about also like, um, I don't know, just sort of thinking about the Holy spirit as a river that goes in a way and realizing at some point it becomes a lot harder to walk back upstream, you know, like when we're, when we're, when we're trickling in it, you know, at the beginning of something, um, then it's, it's easier to turn around at those different points, but there comes a point when, if we're getting pulled in, in that it it gets a lot harder, um, to try to walk it back. And, um, but I think it's also, those are the times when it's like, well, where are we, where are we going? Like what's ahead, because I think there are places where it's still like, ooh, I don't I don't know. I'm not ready for that. You know, it's like, yeah. but I think there's, the, but I think it definitely like that there is something for me, at, at least that feels like as as we get, it, it feels cumulative in a way, mm-hmm. you know, like um, mm-hmm. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That puts a whole nother spin on peace like a river. Right? Yeah. Oh, and then water again. Yep. Okay, yeah. we gotta go to the third yep. reading. But Let's I think
0: that's an excellent segue Yeah. what where the river leads. Where are um, we called to go? Where are we called so. to go? Sorry. And um yep. so in that in the third reading, we're gonna listen for what vision for the work of liberation this text offers. And Jess will read it okay. for the third time.
1: X19, verses one to seven. While Apollos was in Corinth. Paul took a route through the interior and came to Ephesus, where he found some disciples. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you came to believe? They replied, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then he said, what baptism did you receive then? They answered, John's baptism. Paul explained, John baptized with a baptism by which people showed they were changing their hearts and lives. It was a baptism that, oh, it was a baptism that told people about the one who was coming after him. This is the one in whom they were to believe. This one is Jesus. After they listened to Paul, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on, came on them, and they began speaking in other languages and prophesying. All together, it's the word of the Lord. Lord. What'd you see? So that it's, so I I got caught even just thinking about that. There's a, when you came to believe and then there's a baptism, right. But realizing that this baptism was the way that was an outward act.
0: Mm. This is,
1: we did this to show like, this is how we show that we have changed our hearts and lives. Right. Mm. So the first baptism that they, that they had was actually not even as much as one that they received as much as what one that they, they did. And so then this one, this is like, okay, this is receive, like this is God's action, right? So God is actually, so it's not about showing people what you've done and where you are. Mm-hmm. This is actually about receiving the spirit mm-hmm. in a way that I think that to me, that to me feels like a really powerful reading of it in a way that's like, it's, this is actually not about Something that you do to show anything, right? right? It's not even something that, as parents, you do to show people that your kids or whatever, right? This is something Christian. that God offers to us, right, and that you get to receive in a way that is that feels really powerful for me. Mm. And um,
0: yeah, mm. it's so interesting. I also hear in the in the first baptism um, showed they were changing their hearts and lives baptism is like that's a that's a preparation a receptivity a um a like yeah like a way of preparing yourself to receive mm-hmm. which again I think doesn't I like your contrast around like what is public and what is not um and is there something about every time you receive the spirit that is that is a baptismal renewal. That is a reminder of of your baptism. Um, That one happens once and one continues Mm -hmm. on and on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then, I mean, just even then, this feels like a gift to the disciples in a way. Like I am giving this because it's not about anything you do. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's not, you can't work your way into this. So then actually back to my earlier question about Paul talking about circumcision and why that's such a big deal is that in those stories, God commanded those things. God said to, to discern, to set yourself as my people, this is a marker that is there. God said that. And that's, you know, we're here. God is also the initiator of the action. Mm. Right. And like in a way that I think is really powerful that feels. Um, and I think it that again, for me, In thinking about what does that go forward or even thinking about what does that mean? You know, as we talk about like the work of more light in particular ways, and, and we've been talking lately about what is 21, 2021 mean, you know, and just talking about future planning. And I think at some point, or at some point, just before we we broke for the holidays, um, you know, was talking about like you had mentioned something about cultivating joy, and I don't know how it came up, but I was like, what if we really did that? Like, what if we actually talked about like what is it to cultivate joy in mm-hmm. a way that's like the the follow up voice to me is like, we can't do that. Like, what mm-hmm. does that even mean? And it's like, well, if not us, then who? Like, we do church stuff, but like I don't even know what that means. Like, what if we took our what if we actually took our um the, the level of devotion that we have to doing the work of, of anti-racism, doing the work of, of education, doing the work of justice. And what if we gave equal, or even just a portion of that energy toward cultivating joy, right? Like, yeah. And I don't know, I feel like there's something about that. That's also like the spirit is there. And, and, you know, like, and the spirit and like, and the, and it is, and the spirit's presence within and among us is God's gift to us in a way that like, God is saying, I, I am, I am within all of you, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and you can see that or not. Cause I think that's also a really important thing because it's like talking to that, the people who are, you know, just sort of filled with hate in whatever way. Um, and that's not a partisan designation, um, but it's like, sometimes I just want to say, you know, like, it's okay. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like, have you ever seen somebody who's so filled with hate, hear somebody tell them that they're loved? And it's like, mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is an invitation to recognize that. I think it's like, um, that like, God, this is, this is, this is a gift. And, um, and God, God, God's every sort of, sort of action um, is in this pulling together and um, that I think is really beautiful.
0: Which yeah. I think the gift element like really ties into epiphany. Um, this, this season of, of gifts and gift givers and, and reception um, as, as a way of kind of reception as a response to God's yeah. calling. Like I'm willing yeah. to receive as as a result of God's interaction in my life, which I think around the idea of cultivating more joy, joy is also there and all around. And I do think part of what it takes to experience joy, and this is not like cheap happiness, this is joy, is um, noticing it, is being receptive to it. My friend and I were having a, a conversation about musicals and how she she used to hate musicals. And I was telling her about this new this cartoon that's on um, Apple Plus called Central Park. And it's a musical. It's a musical cartoon with David Diggs and, and some awesome. Amazon folks and Awesome. And uh, she was like I, I was like I don't know you should watch it but I don't know it's a musical blah blah blah. And she's like, well my favorite TV show is Jane the Virgin, which is a musical. And she's like, I finally realized one of the reasons I was so resistant to musicals growing up and kind of made told myself that story that I hate musicals. Is like she's like it made me so uncomfortable to watch people in like pure joy, pure like um, you know vulnerability, like from from the music person on the stage to the musical lover, um, yeah. you know our handful yeah. of musical nerds from high school. Um, yeah, and it was just this moment of that. Yeah, yeah, like there was, it was painful to let that kind of joy in your life in some ways that like unabashed, earnest joy.
1: Right. Well, and I think especially because if you're, if you're actually expressing that, how often you're, you can't express authentic joy. At least I am not aware of how to express authentic joy in a disembodied way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? And I think, I th- so I think even as I'm thinking about that kind of joy that's there, um, and I, yeah, I think also about like when thinking about epiphany, especially it's like um, epiphany sort of thinking about that star that sort of guides the way, you know? And like, and, and by that it changes, you know? And so I, and so I, know, I know, you know as so we think about like what are the gifts that we bring and the gifts that, that that we are also given, um, in a way. And and what are those things that, um, I think, also remind us that both that, um, like we are the only we are the only people who can do the thing that we do, in right. a way. And that that, that is both, um, both very specific and individual, but also community or corporal, yeah. you know, in a way, uh, corporeal. Is that corporal? What is corporal. That <laughs> Colonel? They co- Colonel? Colonial? Um, I, yeah, I think that there's something about it that is like, um, I think there's something about that that is, um, I don't know. I think it's like remembering that you are an essential part of the whole, um, yeah. and that you're the only one who can do it's like we're the only two people who could have this conversation, you know. And um, and I think that there's something about that that also um, invites us to recognize to see that that I think the Holy Spirit is also what offers offers right. that. Yeah. Um, it's, again, I, yeah. Sorry. It's, it's, sorry. On. It's just like
0: it's hyper personal, but meant for the communal. What? What is it? The um, it's The Beekner
1: quote. That oh. that's oh, like yeah calling is where, can you, do you know it? Can you say it? It's at the I think the intersection of where the world's deepest need and your deepest joy come together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because what gives me joy is not the same thing that what gives you joy necessarily. Right. But my spouse or, you know, my family members, um, there can be shared joys, but like that, you know, wherever we particularly nerd out and <laughs> joy um, whittling, not my
1: joy, but which is fine.
0: That's totally fine.
1: Um, I'll be an old man on the porch with my whittling group and we can, um, we can, you can doodle. Yes. Um, Uh, Yes, I will
0: doodle. I, because I want to like tie this back into liberation too, because I think it does. You know, when we talk about concepts or ideas like liberation, it feels so high above us, so big. So it's like a big liberation blanket. But mm-hmm. actually, I think of liberation in its realist sense, most realized sense, as the ability for every single person to connect their joy with the world's greatest need, to to have a life that is like full and whole um, without, yeah. without fear, without, um, you know, kind of scarcity, et cetera, et cetera, and liberation doesn't mean it looks the same for everybody. That we're not we're not right. advocating for a world of sameness. It's right. actually a world of the most beautiful array of of diversity. Um, right. You think about you know I have a three color or four color rainbow behind me, but actually right. the prism that is color is so fast and and that's what we're advocating for.
1: Right. Well, it's like, we want the full garden, you know, we don't just want, you know, monkey grass. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know why monkey grass came to mind, but yeah. like, we want the full, we want the full, we are invited to the full, to the fullness of, of abundance that's there. And, um, and sometimes that means that we can't make sense of other people's experiences. And sometimes that means that we can't make sense of other people. um, and And sometimes that means that we can't make sense of ourselves. But I think that, that there is something, I think profound in recognizing that like, God's gift and continued invitation to us is to be the fullness, fullest versions of, of ourselves in a way that like, and we, and, and, and how do we know that we've done that or that we are living into that? Like, I think it is essential in that, like our relationship with our neighbor actually is evidence of that or can show us that, you know? and um, and I mean, um, you know, like in, in that, like, how do we, um, Yeah. I mean, so it's not a self-serving thing. Right. If that makes sense. It's not like, oh, I'm living my best life and I'm ignoring everything around me. For every, for myself. Right. Right. Well, the land. Right. Right. And it's like, it's like, that's also why, that's also why, um, the notion of, 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 of individual salvation gets really tricky. Right. Because then we can ignore every single thing that is around us if we're only thinking about ourselves. And, um, and God is communal, I feel. Yeah. I mean, God and certainly is. the spirit, the spirit in this is like, we can't experience her without, without one another. Um, but yeah. yeah, so it, yeah. And I think it's also keeping that imagination in realizing that no matter how much we could imagine, it is more abundant. Um, and that it's also not going to look anything like we, like we could imagine. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Which... It's like um, Adrienne Marie Brown, when we saw her at Engaging Race recently, Facing, Facing Race, thank you. She had this great quote about, we'll know that we have reached this point of like, a, I don't know if she had said abundance or equity when every child born, you know, will have will have the opportunity to live a, a, a safe life. And it's like, we'll be provided for, and it's like, we got a ways to go. Right. Um, and, um, and thinking about how that, how that hits on so many different um, things. Yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah. 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 Um, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that, I think there's a caution and perhaps baptism helps remind us of this. There's a caution against such hyper individual focus, like you were saying mm-hmm. that you lose the inside of the communal. And here in this text, there's that individual turning of hearts. There's that communal um, experience. And the Holy Spirit is really about moving outwards into greater and greater um, realms of the community, drawing the circle wider as it were. Um, right. And so it's, it's less possible and looking at this definition of baptism to um, just kind of keep your blinders on in terms of that individual salvation yeah. piece. And if you're actually looking at baptism as it was defined
1: here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Which again, I think for the work of liberation is really important that it's, it is, no, there's no one definition of liberation. It is an evolving mm-hmm prism
1: mm-hmm.
0: um that's the beauty of it <laughs> that mm-hmm. it's not fixed into into one concrete thing so we we can work in multi-dimensions for it uh, but i think a very yeah. stark metric of like every child can be safe mm-hmm. is a pretty is a pretty valid one and yeah i think there's lots of people's definitions of safety and so that's an evolving yeah um yeah yeah. So we're kind of getting to, yeah. to the end of our time. So I want to help us close out by thinking about what's one thing that we want to remember or take with us as a result of this
1: conversation. So I think, I think for me, again, this may sound overly simplistic in a way, but... Um, I think that point about God's action is gonna, it's something I want to be sure like that it is uh, even in these acts, whatever they are, right. That there is a difference. Like um, I think that the invitation to recognize that God is the, God is, 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 is continuing to sort of make those offers in a way to sort of continuing to move toward and that I can um, and that my invitation is to see that rather than um, I think to, to see that in, in, as I understand myself and others, but I think even more just to recognize that, like, as I recognize myself. So this is not about these, these, these things to show other folks, right. That those things to show other folks, um, are, are those things should, should be from that, um, imbuing of the Holy spirit, right. Mm. From the spirit's presence, not from my own sort of self in a way, um, or keeping that balance, but yeah, that, um, I think mostly that God does the action. Um, uh, I think that is a helpful thing. No.
0: And I think I'll I'll build on that around God does the action. I can do the reception. Mm -hmm. Like how can I best prepare my heart, mind, soul to receive the Holy Spirit when she comes? Mm -hmm. Because boy, (laughs) I can get locked into uh, thinking I know what I'm supposed to do or what I'm supposed to say and miss the moment that something lands on me to do or say or be that comes from beyond myself. Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like that, yeah. that is so, Oh wow. That was a Holy spirit. moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, we live in a world that demands certainty. Mm-hmm especially hmm. now as things are so uncertain yeah. and um, sometimes the best action I can take is to prepare myself to receive
1: where I'm called to go or to. Yeah. Go. Yeah. And to be aware of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This wow. has been lovely also. This has been yeah. Another, another fabulous liberation Bible study. we, have big plans to keep this going through the rest, as, as long as we can do it. Um, Tuesdays at two o'clock next week, we'll be back with Adrian White. Um, and just grateful for you, Jess, and all you do to help this keep going, both in conversation and all of the tech that goes in the back end of this.
1: Yeah, hopefully we'll figure out the, the kink that came up for today when we were trying to get, not that no one is aware of that except us, but that's great, you know. yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's been great. I appreciate the conversation, and I'm excited to to listen next week. That's right. And
0: Justin, I'll be preaching this week, and we'll post where you might be able to hear us whatever we come up with based on this conversation. So take care, y'all, and we'll see you next week.
1: Bye, y'all.